You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk. Here with your break from all of the high-resource live propaganda that talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Good to be back. We made it through the weekend. We um, survived the elements and have crowned a champion for the To The Top Talk Tour golf event. And um, I had a great time this weekend, man. It could not have gone any better. Also, the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Lott. What's going on, gentlemen? <laughs> Plunk. Plunk. What What is that's, that that's, uh, you guys are pouring up there? That's the sound of happiness is what that is. But um, I know I've drank the, the sister bottle to this before uh, while we've talked. But last year when, when the Honorable Mayor Toby Barker uh, did his couple of Knob Creek barrel picks to benefit the Clem Terrell. It is Terrell, right? Please, after like five mentions, I should get that name right by now. Um, but, uh, he, he did a 14 year pick that I know I've, I've drank while we've talked before, but he, he also in that same group did an 11 year old single barrel, uh, that sits at 120 proof. So it packs a little heat, uh, super delicious whiskey. Uh, cheers to you, mayor. Interesting choice for the 420 episode of to the top talk. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. It is a 420 episode. I don't know that we've uh, I don't know that we've had one before. I don't know. Maybe we have. I don't know. In our old radio we should have some, days, I don't know. We should have Afro Man just in the background for the entirety of the episode. <laughs> and maybe some uh, Cypress Hill. Yeah, we'll have him in the. Yeah. He'd probably whack me over the head with a guitar or something. <laughs> you probably deserve it. I probably do deserve it. Quit running on stage, dude. I'm a floozy. Uh, so Jason, tell us about the To the Top Talk Tour this past weekend. Sounds like everybody had a lot of fun and some golf was played. Yes, and we got super lucky with the with the weather. Um, the the course was sloppy, um, but you know, to, to no fault of their own. I mean, I think it rained like depending on where you were in town, like in between five and eight inches in like a three day span. So it was just messy everywhere everywhere you could go. There was even some golfers out there at Temperton that had driven up from the coast that normally play at the Grand Bear. And they're like, they just shut the whole thing down. There's like entire holes underwater. So um, for as sloppy as it was out there, they they did the best that they could and, and really bent over backwards for us the entire time and kind of held my hand through the entire process because it's not like I, you know, put on golf tournaments all the time. Um, so, so, yeah, the thing went good. Uh, so what happened was on Friday we teed off from the first tee time was around 1 o'clock. Um, the last tee time was, I don't know, 140 or some, something like that. And then all the groups are off. We played a four ball event that day, teams of two versus each other for a point. So you had 10, um, 10 guys on one team, 10 guys on the other team, five points up for grabs each day. And after the first day, team gold was winning three to two. And so going into the second day, uh, my team, team black, I needed to make up some ground and we actually did that. And coming down to the last match, which the last match consisted of 
who was in that match? Okay, um, Chris Moulds and Wade Whitaker were on Team Gold, and Matt Minshew and Jim Cole, our good buddy Jim Cole, were on Team Black. And and Minshew and Cole were actually up uh, either one or two after, uh, I don't know, like 15 or 16 holes. And so I was thinking to myself in the clubhouse, we're about to have a tie. You know, it's going to be five points to five points. And we were thinking about how we were going to do the playoff. And we had decided on this putting thing. And um, and then it came down to the very last hole. Uh, they were up. Okay, so uh, Jim and Matt were up one uh, over Minchu and Whitaker going into hole number 18. Um, Molds and Whitaker won the last hole. So they halved the, uh, the point. So that gave the gold team – a five and a half to four and a half victory over the gold team, but it, it literally came down to the very last hole. And when we first started this thing off, I think we even mentioned it on here that even though I mean I wanted to win and Chad teams wanted to win, but we really wanted everybody to have a good time, and we wanted it to be close. We wanted to, <laughs> we wanted you know we didn't want one team to just completely dominate where the other team didn't have any fun, and it could not have come down any closer. I mean literally the very last hole, like the last approach shot to the green. So everybody had a blast. It was, um, it, 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 the, the, like I said, the weather cooperated. I think the weather stopped about an hour before we teed off and started about an hour after we ended. Um, the second day, uh, the it, it, it rained a little bit, uh, beforehand and, um, then held off the entire day. I want to say maybe it sprinkled two or three holes the entire time that we we're actually out on the golf course. And, um, and the times before and after it, it rained a lot. So we got lucky with that. We had some fun on Friday night, went out to glory bound. You know, the plan was we were going to go to, uh, go to live at five and see Royal horses. Uh, and that got canceled because of the weather. So we all took off and went to uh, glory bound and, had a great time out there, even with the Fourth Street Bar. A little bit after that, it's a, it's it's amazing that some of us made it to the Saturday round, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did, and it was awesome. And I think everybody had a blast. We were able to raise some money. We raised right at six hundred dollars for the USM golf team, which I know doesn't sound like a whole lot, but there's only twenty people in this tournament, and um, and and people really stepped up in a big way, uh, buying the mulligans, and we we um, auctioned off. A couple bottles of liquor that the wizard was actually involved in. You know, I, I text Shane, or maybe I called him right before we were going to do this auction. Um, we had a bottle of Weller's uh, full. I think it was what's it called Weller's Foolproof, Shane. Yeah, Weller Weller Foolproof, and it was a, a single barrel pick of Weller Foolproof. So, and I looked this thing up, and you know, maybe the retail doesn't go quite as high as this, but from what I understand, from what Shane's told me, you just can't find these things. And the, the whole way we got it was uh, Chad's brother, Roger, who lives out in Denver, Colorado, really wanted to come to this event, wasn't going to be able to make it. So at the last minute, he kind of decided to uh, provide us a gift to be able to auction off and the proceeds go to the golf team. So he overnighted this bottle of liquor um, oh, wow. to, yeah, to my house from Denver, Colorado. And I went to the house. Katie got it. She brought it up before the tournament was over. And and when all the guys got in, we you know Chad and I did our best at an auction, <laughs> and uh, and that bottle it, it, uh, you know when we looked it up, it, it was on sale like for, on eBay and and other sites for around like four hundred bucks. 
Um, yeah, and that's that's a legitimate price too. I mean, the, the, there's a wild secondary market for bourbon, and that's a very sought after bottle. Retail wise, you're probably looking at like a hundred dollars. I think uh, you'll probably find it a hundred to two hundred at stores when they release them. But if you try to buy that bottle off a of secondary, which is where the vast majority of people are going to have the opportunity to buy it. You're looking at a four hundred to five hundred dollar bottle of whiskey all day long. Yeah, so so I um so so we kind of opened up the bidding or the the auction. And I'm sitting there with my phone in my hand and I got Shane on the FaceTime. <laughs> I just got showing him the entire you know scene. I guess you could see everything that was going on, Shane. And whenever yeah. he said something, I had to look at it real quick and I was like, all right, he's in. You know, hundred dollars or whatever it was. So ended up going to a guy named Kevin Roper. Yeah, uh, I want to say he uh, I want to say it went for 200 and maybe 205 went for 200. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So. So. Um, so anyway, special thanks to Roger for that, man. He really went above and beyond, um, just like everybody else did, even coming out and playing and braving the elements and playing in the slop. And, you know, it was all for a good cause. Everybody had a good attitude. It could not have gone any better outside of the absolute sloppiness. But um, the people at the golf course and everybody just. uh it was awesome. I'm, I'm really glad that it's over. I don't know that's just in my life now, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of already looking forward to next year, man. And I think everybody else is too. So it was really cool. Next year, Jamie, we, we need you out there with a, either a golf club in your hand or maybe a, a microphone in your hand, and you know, just you know what we should do? We should get you on a golf cart with a megaphone and just say, "Look, free reign." Well, you know, can do <laughs> it's funny you mention that because the good folks at Extra Table have asked me to do something similar mm. with their run. So I don't really know how. The good news is, like, when you insult somebody and they've been running a while, like, they are not <laughs> going to have much energy to fight back. So um, it's the I'm farm, totally doing that race. It's the farm to fork, uh, farm to fork, ride or run. I don't know what I don't know what ride means, like. If somebody's gonna have an oh, automobile, oh, there's, there's a uh, there's a bicycle element to this. Oh, I need to be a part of that too. That would be so <laughs> easy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I need to learn, man. I need to get out there. I need to learn in like three months. So if you can teach me in like three months, then yeah, I uh, teach you how to ride a bike. No, teach me how to play some golf. Oh, oh yeah, that's a mm. that's a big lift there. Uh, yeah. I mean. He can teach you the game, but uh, you, if you don't play golf often, you don't get don't. better at golf. And yeah. look, I don't either. I play golf like, yeah, four to six times a year. I'm terrible at it. But I go out there and drink beer and whiskey and smack golf balls around and have fun with a group of guys that I'm going out there with. Nobody that I play golf with thinks they're a professional golfer. <laughs> So let's talk some Southern Miss baseball. So uh, a big week for Southern Miss, a huge week uh, in the grand scheme of things. And it all kicked off last Tuesday night with the Golden Eagles falling to South Alabama by a final score of four to nothing. The uh, the bad news is, of course, we lost. The good news is we don't have to play South Alabama again yet this season. So I can't, what yeah. is it? I can't believe you even brought up that game. When I was doing my baseball notes, because I usually make baseball notes, I just completely skipped that one. Like <laughs> in my mind, that just, it didn't even happen. And I don't know what the deal is with South Alabama. What do you, what do you, what do you do? Um, well, it's uh, I, you, you know, it was kind of like for a while there we had Ole Miss's number in baseball. I remember we beat them like ten straight times. Even even though that was really cool and awesome, we all laughed about it. 
or that much better than Ole Miss, or you know, where we should be winning like every single solitary time that we played. And this is kind of the same thing going on here. And you know, I want to say South Alabama got swept the weekend before they played us in that midweek. Uh, so like even in their own conference, they're not even doing that well this no, year. We actually, they you know, are. They, they that's they are doing well. Uh, <laughs> I think they swept Lafayette, uh, ooh la la, this this weekend to uh, be in first place in the Sun Belt. Okay. So, yeah, they're, I mean, look, we. Well, they normally are. They normally are a good program. Yeah, yeah. And we've got the better baseball team, but uh, they're, they're no slouch. But we, uh, I, I get it. Losing it's stinky. Like, we're cursed. But we can't be losing to them in Hattiesburg, too. Uh, we, we needed to win that game. Have we uh, won that game? We'd probably be ranked in the top 25 this week. Damn good point. Damn good mm-hmm. point. So then we go on to the – so Friday's game got moved to Saturday because of weather. So we played two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. The first game on Saturday, Southern Miss uh, hanging on for the 4-2-3 victory over Louisiana Tech. Uh, Stanley looked pretty good. Uh, you know, Stanley has been known to give up some solo shots this year. Um, I don't know how many home runs that is that he's given up, but he's given up – it's just nobody else is ever on base when he gives them up. And and he gave up another one this game, but he started went uh, five and a third, four hits, three runs, had five Ks, another quality outing. Maybe not you know as dominant as he has been the entire season, but this is rough. This is arguably, uh, you know, I want to say like the best hitting team in the nation. I mean, maybe you can make that argument, but they're definitely like a top ten offense in the country. In fact, I heard uh, Travis Creel in between games, there uh, Coxie was interviewing him. And he said that they've had the same four hitters at the top of the lineup for Louisiana Tech since 2018, you know, which I know that we have some pitchers that came back this year and that helped us too. But can you imagine what this team would be like if we had like Walner and Slater still in the lineup, you know, and maybe throw in a Gidry if you want to. So anyway, uh, the year kind of benefited them there. But regardless, they can really swing it. Um, we got out of there with a 4-3 win. Uh, Ryan Ock. Uh, was actually credited with the victory. 3.2 innings, three hits, zero runs, six Ks, throwing absolute laser beams, hitting 95 miles an hour. So fun to watch that guy pitch. Um, our good buddy uh, Reed Trimble and Sargent both went yard. Trimble hit his eighth home run of the year uh, in the eighth inning. And, um, you know, even though the Eagles got out hit seven to four, uh, key at bats like like the one from from Sergeant um like he he, he had a two run home run it seems like every time Sergeant it's a meaningful home run and um and then that lights out relief work from from Ryan Ock uh proved to be enough and and it was nice to get out uh you know uh to a good start in this uh, LaTeX series then you move and on every single every single ahead. one of those games is close so if Hugely important to to start off the series with a win over there. Uh, that takes a little bit of the pressure off. But, I mean, we had to at least split with them. We really needed to take three out of the four uh, for Conference USA race implications. But getting that first win was big. And Ock was an absolute monster. And I, I kind of want to touch on something about that, too. I've, I've seen a little uh, fight back and forth on Twitter about what Ock's nickname should be. Should it be Doc Doc Ock or the Ockness Monster? You gotta go Ockness Monster. 
Yeah, that's that's years. my feeling too. The other one didn't I'm, even make. What'd you say, Doc Ock? Doc Ock. Yeah, I, I, look, I I didn't come up with it. I just saw that there was some controversy out there. It doesn't make really, sense. I really wish I could remember who it was. Maybe Black and Gold Review. Um, something. Yeah, maybe. I I don't remember exactly who it well, was. That is but, a really stellar website and Twitter handle. Um. But that's a horrible idea for me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm I'm Team Ochness Monster all the way. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that was worth mentioning. What about Ock Block? Uh, <laughs> I'm still <laughs> going to stick with with Ochness Monster. Game two, also on uh, game two, also on Saturday. Uh, this time the Golden Eagles not as fortunate, falling five to three to the Bulldogs. Well, the the you know it seems like every single week when we you know I talk about it sounds like a broken record with Powell and Stanley and and their lines. Well, this week it looked a little bit different, and you know LaTeX had a ton to do with that. So Powell did not have his best uh, stuff that day, but he, he really battled, and I thought gave the Golden Eagles a chance. His line ended up reading four to third, eight hits, five runs, three Ks, two walks. Um, a, a silver lining here is that Hurston Waldrop comes in the game. Uh, out of the pen and just looks fantastic. Um, kind of mimicking what Ock did in, in, in the opener, honestly, as uh, Waldrop went three and two-thirds, one hit, zero runs, and two Ks. So that was nice to see. Um, Jennings with the win for Louisiana Technical. Uh, he had a re- he had a great game. He's a good pitcher, nine Ks uh, through six and two-thirds. And, you know, Southern Miss has kind of started to limit all of those strikeouts that plagued us in the beginning of the year, but um, Jennings was was really dealing and um, and got the better of our hitters. Uh, Danny Lynch or DJ Lynch or whatever you want to call him these days uh, hit a clutch uh, game tying bomb in the fifth inning. I think um, Lynch is absolutely on fire right now, but at the end of the day, uh, it wasn't enough and um, and the Golden Eagles lose uh, five to three. That's uh, man, Louisiana Tech's good. You just you got to give it to them. I mean, we uh, we've come out on the uh, the upper end of that for I mean the last few seasons in a row. And uh, I know we've talked about this before, but I mean they've got a veteran team now, and and we've we're not so much on that end of the spectrum with our team. We've got a lot of youth and new guys, uh, but uh, they're they're a tough team. I mean they they came out and. Uh, you know, took it took it to our best, and not necessarily just you know beat the brakes off of us, but I mean won that game and, and did it against uh, a phenomenal pitcher on our side. So, uh, tip of the ta- tip of the cap to them. We move on to Sunday, the first game Sunday, the Golden Eagles getting the victory, winning twelve to eleven. Yeah, this was absolute thriller. Um... And I tweeted out as much about my fingernails. Um, just be com- they were completely chewed off by the end of the game. Um, you know, Southern Miss comes out on fire. Uh, five runs in the first inning. And then in the bottom half of the first, Tech got four. Um, McGillis hit a three-run bomb in, in that first inning. Nice to see him. You know, he hadn't had the best season offensively, but he, he's really played a solid defensive uh, second base. And every now and then he has the ability to hit a ball like 500 feet. <laughs> so uh, it's nice to see him do that. Um, Southern Miss got three in the fourth, three in the fifth, and one in the seventh. The one in the seventh proved to be um, kind of the biggest. And a, a kid that we've talked about um, a lot this year being able to possibly, you know, set all kind of records at Southern Miss is in Etheridge. 
Um, Etheridge had a bad day. You know, he, he never walks anybody. Uh, he walked the first batter of the game. Only ended up going an inning and a third, four hits, four runs, and they yanked him. Um, Chandler Best came in and really looked good, I thought. Uh, two and two-thirds, two hits, with, and only one run given up. We Hunt and Tanner Hall um, also came in the game. Uh, got us re- about as close to the finish line as you can get us before we had to go to Ramsey to get that last out, and that ball almost got out of here in that short porch out in left field, which, by the way, uh, Louisiana Ticks field is an absolute crackerjack box. I know that the ball flies out of the peat a lot, but at least it's got, like, you know, big boy dimensions. This 315 on the line, 315 in the gap, and 380 to center is, I don't know. I don't know why you can't make your field. It's not like there's anything in the way. Y'all have been there. You've seen it. But anyway. Actually, um, there's. I think there's, like, dorms in the way now. Dorms way in a train track. Back. Way back, you know. So I don't know. It, it's it's a crackerjack box. It's really nice. I mean, it's it's one of the nicer stadiums. It's rebuilt. They did a great job with it, but it's extremely small. And you know, I, I know we're on this side of the argument right now, but uh, um, it's it's a, it's a little bitty field. Um, hey, Tech, ours is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. Don't get me wrong. I guess that's like comparing <laughs> I don't know, like old Tiger Stadium to Fenway. I get it, but at the same time. It's the Cracker Jack box. Um, but, but yeah, we so we, we got the 12-11 and 11 victory. Uh, Montenegro with two hits. He actually had his hitting streak um, snapped in that first game. Uh, I don't know what it got up to. 15 games, maybe? 15 games. That's right. That's good. Yeah. So Montenegro with two hits. Trimble with two hits, two RBIs. Uh, Johnson had a couple hits himself, and uh, so it, it was it was it was amazing. It was great. I thought we were gonna blow it right there at the end, <laughs> but. Um, Got that last out. Montenegro, I believe, made that last catch right on the warning track or maybe like right up against the wall. And, you know, so, so we're sitting in great shape then. It's it's, it's two games to one. Um, and even though I wanted, you know, I wanted to win three games really bad, uh, I was kind of satisfied at that point. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I, I, if we'd gotten run ruled the next game, I don't think I'd have felt much different. Um, as we see when we go through this last game, um, you know, I did feel a little bit different, but uh, but being up two games to one with only one to go on the road at La Tech, who's I think in some polls as high as I don't know twelfth or thirteenth somewhere in there. Yeah, it definitely. Um, that's huge, especially for where we all remember where this team was when we started the season, uh, not being able to hit, striking out all over the place, completely depending on good pitching. To we're just you know kind of evolving into this pretty solid baseball team, so it's fun to watch. And the um, so yeah, you go to the final game there, and Southern Miss uh, falls to Louisiana Tech by a final score of seven to six. Came down to the last out of the game. Yeah, and I would like to just start there, but you know, uh, I'd like to also mention a few things. On Montenegro with another two hit day, um, he had one game where he didn't get a hit, and just right back to it, um. Uh, so Southern Miss scored four runs in the sixth inning to take a one-run lead. Slade Wilkes um, finally getting off the schneid, hit his first home run um, in, in in college uh, in the sixth inning to tie it up. Uh, it was a, it was an oppo it was kind of oppo uh, gap shot three-run home run. Huge time to to get your first run home run as a collegiate athlete. Um, and um, we'll see. Oh, well, then their guy, you know, 
<laughs> after that, their guy, Manny Garcia, with the two-run walk-off. Um, but, you know, Drew Boyd started the game, looked okay. Um, he got through the lineup one time, maybe a little bit over one time. Three innings pitch, five hits, three runs, three Ks. Stewart came in throwing gas. Storm came in. Carroll and Gillentine all pitched. Gilly, you know, got the loss. Total heartbreak for him. He's the one who gave up the uh, walk-off with two outs in the bottom of the seventh. And I, you know, the coaches know way more than I do about it. I, th- I think it's worth noting that Garrett Ramsey was not in the game to throw that pitch, even though Gilly was looking great and all faith in the world in him. At the same time, you got a closer for a reason. And uh, even though he pitched the first game, somebody was making an argument on Twitter that he pitched the first game, but he can't pitch the second game. It's completely false. Um, I don't know. I'm not in a dugout. Maybe he had an arm issue. Maybe they were just going with Gilly. I have no idea. But. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I hated to lose the game after kind of having it seemingly in the bag. Uh, and, but at the same time, you got to tip your hat to Louisiana Tech a little bit. They did what they did. They came back and they were on the ropes, backs against the wall and hit a two run walk off jack at their home field. I'm sure, uh, everybody in the crowd went crazy, which if you look at the stats, it says that exactly, exactly a thousand people attended each game. So. I don't think that's accurate, but um, anyway, it, it was good. I mean, did you guys have any? Did you have any thoughts about not having our closer in at all? It was interesting because you, you were wondering there at the end. Okay, like is you know at what point do you start warming somebody up? You know, it, we didn't start the the inning out like that. It just kind of uh, it was uncertain. But at the same time, I mean, he got it down there right down. I mean, he was down to the final out. So it's one of those things like. You know, do you go with the hot hand or do you do you, do you bring in your closer? Right. I, you know, yeah, it, it's easy to second guess. Yeah. And, and by no means am I trying to uh, point fingers or anything like that. But it's, but it's, it's I, th- I think they might have even, you know, questioned themselves. Maybe actually, I'm like, hey, coach, you think we did the right thing? And hey, man, all the confidence in the world in our staff. And I don't want it to come across as I'm like, what the hell are these guys thinking? Because I'm not. Um but, you know, when, when you have the best in, in the country, um, uh, even though he threw, I don't know, what, 18, 20 pitches that first game, maybe. Uh, you know, makes you scratch your head just a little bit. But you can question anything after these close games like this between two super duper high glass uh, baseball teams. You can question yourself if you send the guy from third. You can question yourself, should I have bunted the guy over? What if, There's a million ways to second guess yourself and. You know, <laughs> uh, that's just one of them. But at the same time, like I said, Gilly is awesome. So um, it just it didn't work out. And we're, we, that's not the last time we're going to see them this year, I don't think. And the next time we see them, um, with the pitching staff that Southern Miss has in a tournament setting, you know, I like our chances. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, you talk about two heavyweights just slugging it out. So out of the eight games we played this season against Louisiana Tech – Five out of those eight were decided by one run. And in this series, three out of four of these games were decided by one run. And then one game was decided by two runs. So you had two very, very evenly matched teams, um, you know, slugging it out right now. So, yeah, hopefully we get to meet them again, hopefully in the championship game. Hmm. That'd be nice. Do you guys have any idea how the brackets would shape up? In order to have us versus them, 
Well, they would need to start off on the opposite side of the bracket. So we would need to be the two seed? (laughs) Well, I think right now we're the four seed. Right. So how does that? So they would, they would, if they were the one seed, then we'd be on the same side of the bracket. But if they're the two seed, then we would not be, or the two were, or two were the three, they would be on the opposite side of the bracket. So I don't think we would be, I don't think they're the one seed right now, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. But no, I feel like, but Charlotte, Charlotte and Old Dominion both have really good conference records, and they're about to have to play each other eight times right uh, here in the coming weeks. So uh, the being in the top four is a good spot to be uh, because here in in three weeks or so, uh, things are going to look a lot different when those two schools play each other. Right, because this weekend, I mean, if you're looking ahead just a little bit, we have Western Kentucky coming to town. Uh, and then we have Rice, which do we want to talk about the absolute freaking train wreck that has become Rice? Man, I feel uh, so bad for them. I, uh, having a good Rice is a good baseball rival. Like it's it's a respectful rival. Uh, I mean, not saying that we don't dislike each other uh, on the the baseball diamond, but like it, it's not a rival where uh, you, you just hate the other team. It was Rice was a great program with good history, and you knew it was always going to be a good baseball game when we saw each other, and there were. Normally, uh, as as it's become with Louisiana Tech now, conference title implications on the line when we played one another mm-hmm. as well. And it's it's sad to see Rice not be any good. Man, I, I hope they can get back to being Rice. Well, I hope they can get back as soon as they get rid of that coach that absolutely threw the ball at Freddie's head twice and they hit him in the helmet and then said that it slipped or whatever. You know, karma's a bitch, dude. And you're feeling it right now. You t- this is like the equivalent of when we hired EJ, if you want to think about it. I mean, could, could you ever could you ever imagine a scenario where Rice Rice isn't going to make the Conference USA tournament? You know? Yeah, but they've won a game. They did win a game. Yeah, so they well, but but that being said, I mean, just you know, it might be apples to oranges a little bit, but at the same time, this it's a storied program. In any, if you put them in any conference in the land. Uh, you know, they, they they would be the same kind of program for like a 30 year stretch. They get this new guy uh, who thinks he can throw people's heads, and um, and now they suck. So, on one hand, I'm with you, man. They're a classy organization, and I've always enjoyed them being in the conference from a baseball perspective. And on the on the other hand, after that happened, um, you know, I I, I can't root for that guy to do anything. Yeah, no kidding. Well, the yeah. Golden Eagles are now 23 and 12 on the season, 10 and 5 in Conference USA. This coming weekend, the Golden Eagles are hosting the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Uh, that's Friday, April the 23rd through Sunday, April the 25th. Western Kentucky, that is a uh, that's somebody that you you don't really uh, see. In, we haven't seen in baseball that often. I don't remember. I mean, outside maybe a comp. I don't know. What's our what's our record all time against Western Kentucky? Have we played them at the Pete? Am I just forgetting? I don't. I don't know. Like I don't recall. Surely we have at some point. I don't know. You know we had that weird thing in football where, uh, you know we didn't play um we didn't play them for the longest time. Good. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're stupid shiny helmets. Yeah, uh, the football team is dirty. They always. Uh, it seems like it's gone through a couple of coaches too, and they still kind of play dirty, just jabs and and dirty tactics, trying to fight all the time. Uh, I don't like Western Kentucky. Mm-mm. 
So we've got them at home at the Pete this coming weekend. As far as uh, right now, the RPI, um, the latest from Warren Nolan, we are ranked 16th in RPI. So we're going to have to do some winning to hold that spot given our uh, remaining strength of schedule. Um, but that's a great place to be in right now, especially since we're only a few weeks away. If you recall, they're giving out the – they're naming the host sites for the NCAA tournament early this year. Um, so we will see. We'll see what happens. I, 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 I'm, this is a much better place than I anticipated us being in. Who's tech got the rest of the way? Tech. I mean, it's a lot of conference teams. Uh, they've got Marshall, Middleton, FIU. They're at LSU and they've got UTSA and Old Dominion. Well, at least they've got Old Dominion. We yeah, don't I was play about to either say either like, Old Dominion or Charlotte, do we? <laughs> Until the very last thing you said there, I was like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. But at least at the very end, and look, they still they, Louisiana Tech still lost the game to UAB. UAB's horrible. You know, it's not yeah, that can't I, be beat. So I can see and, and all we have to do, one. and at the same time, we didn't even get to play UTSA our final game. We did beat them by 15. So this is not over yet. You know, they've still got that. I mean, we have to take care of business. Don't get me wrong. We can't – I mean, I think three out of four against Western Kentucky is a must, um, maybe even a sweep, but at, le- at least three out of four. And probably the same thing versus uh, – what did I say? Middleton – oh, Rice. Well, Rice, let's just beat the hell out of them. And then we got Middle Tennessee and Florida Atlantic. FAU's down this year. Middle yeah. Tennessee usually sucks. Rice sucks. Western Kentucky sucks. You know, we're kind of in good shape, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> uh, if you think about it, we're, we're in pretty decent shape. And then and then Tech having to play Old Dominion again. So, hey, it's kind of like our golf tournament. It looks like it's going to come down to the wire. I mean, I guess. You know, we still got a lot of baseball left. But um, the way the Eagle pitching staff is and the way the hitting has come around, it's hard to look at any of our remaining series and go – you know, that one's going to be a problem. So we'll we'll see what happens, but we're in pretty decent shape. We haven't lost to a Conference USA team not named Louisiana Tech yet. Mm. It's like Coxie, you know, jinxing us there. <laughs> well, look. Adding into a double play in seven years. Four, <laughs> six, three. <laughs> uh, I don't expect us to, to go, uh, you know, undefeated the rest of the season well it's it's baseball there's a, a lot of games to be played in a four game series somebody could sneak up and get you any weekend uh you know it's hard enough to sweep a three game series let alone a four mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, we'll see what happens a lot of baseball left to be played i was trying to find the date off the top of, of when they were going to have uh the decision made for okay so the site's for both rounds of the uh, College World Series, um, the sites for the first two rounds will be announced the week of May 10th, and bids must be submitted by April 12th. So everyone had to go ahead and get their bids in. But the reason I say that, so it's going to be the week of May the 10th. Um, if you look at Louisiana Tech's schedule, so from now until May the 10th, they've got – um, they've got Marshall, who has the four games against Marshall, an RPI of 237. And they're terrible. They've got Middle 10, an RPI of 217. 
and then they've got FIU and RPI of 117. So those those are the 12 games you have between now and the. I mean, if you if you run the table, I would think you'd be a lock. But if you slip up, you know, some you could probably yeah. lose a game or two. But you know, too much could be a could be a, a huge problem for them. And given I like our size and everything, uh, given our uh, with State and Ole Miss seemingly locks right now and La Tech being an extremely likely host as well. Um, it may be tough unless we can, you know, make a run here. But we've got Western Kentucky this weekend with an RPI of 188, Rice with an RPI of 202. And then uh, May the 4th, we host uh, Southeastern Louisiana, who has an RPI of 73. And then we play Middle 10 at, at 217. So, uh, we're pro- we're in a similar boat. If we want any shot at hosting, we really need to make some make some noise these next three weeks. Well, that's it. Decision made. We, we got to win them all. That's it. I just yeah. let's, let's do it. Easy enough. Go out next, you boys. <laughs> just Woo! go out and I'm, don't lose for like a month. I'm glad we did the heavy lifting this evening, gentlemen. <laughs> well, Shane, I mean, uh, excuse me, Jason. So a couple of weeks back, when we hosted Louisiana Tech. Uh, you did a couple of interviews from the Pete. We had some technical difficulties, um, so one of the interviews was a bit dated given its timing. But we do have a, it's one of those interviews. We're ready for it now. We've we've got everything corrected. Why don't you introduce the clip to the listeners? All right. I hope everybody enjoys this. This is my interview with none other than uh, Mauricio Momo Montenegro. All right, it is the uh, going into the bottom of the fifth, so it's the middle of the fifth inning right now, and I and I ran into a guy that I've kind of wanted to interview for a while. Um, his son plays on the baseball team and is really a fan favorite. Uh, actually, was was the got the honor of of getting a fathead made for himself uh, down the right field line this year. So anyway, um, so I ran into Mauricio. Montenegro, did I get that name right? <laughs> That's all right. That's good. Yeah. That okay. I had to ask Big Rick. I said, you know, I always call him Momo. Um, I know that's not his name. What's his real name? So he told me. But um, but thanks for taking the time. And um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on 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 you know. I mean, did you ever in your wildest dreams think you'd be spending this much time in, in South Mississippi? You know, when you're you know, I mean, for the listeners out there, the the Montenegros make their home in Guatemala. Um, so, I mean, did you ever think that you, you know, did you know where Mississippi was? And By the way, I was a little worried about that fathead because he started on a slump this season. And uh, I thought, <laughs> oh, that, that fathead he has to live up to it. But uh, it's working out well. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, no, I mean, never Mississippi. I mean, <laughs> other than the river, <laughs> we know it was a river. Yeah. A big river. Um, <laughs> I mean, not not even imagine it. Um, we, we we have connections in Florida. Of course, my my sister-in-law lives in Florida. My my wife's uh, sister, and that's where Gabe uh, finished finished school, uh, high school. Mm-hmm. And so he got a few looks uh, from some other schools, and and uh, and uh, until actually until we came on that first visit, it's the first time we've been in Mississippi ever. Mm-hmm. So never thought about it. Never thought of being here. Awesome. So, I mean, Gabe's obviously an outstanding player. Uh, you guys have another son that, that's that's an outstanding baseball player as well. Did, did you grow up playing baseball? I played baseball, uh, yeah, pretty much my whole life mm-hmm. until I was uh, 
I mean, old enough to retire, and then it was all, everything was hurting. So, <laughs> but I did play baseball in Guatemala. I, actually, I played uh, in the national team. I I did some Pan Am games. Uh, I went to the Pan Am games in '95, and um, I still coach baseball. We do have a baseball academy for kids. That's where Gabe and his brother played all, all uh, when he, they were young. We still run the academy. We oh, got cool. we got about 120 kids at the academy um, in Guatemala, uh, oh, wow. from five-year-olds to 17-year-olds, yeah. Really cool. Um, so speaking of Gabe, um, you know, like we said, he's a fan favorite here. Started off the year a little bit slow and has absolutely caught fire. I want to say with the hits today, this, this makes a seven-game hitting streak, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, what'd you tell him? Well, we always talk hitting with him. I mean, he... Uh, I mean, when he's struggling, I, I hurt like he hurts. And uh, mm-hmm. um, but we talk. I mean, every single game after every game, we we text each other. We uh, I mean, I I I, uh, I tell him to keep it up mm-hmm. when he's not doing good. Uh, when he's doing great, I mean, he probably doesn't text that day because he's just celebrating or something. But <laughs> but he's. I mean. Uh, I know we know each other about his swings. We we have videos from him. I mean, we we both have videos uh, from him from when he when he has been on streaks and and so we go to those videos. We we talk a, a, a lot about it. He, I mean, I know his swing like he knows his swing, and uh, so I tell him a few things sometimes, and sometimes I don't even tell him nothing because I he doesn't want to mess with anything. So. It's it's kind of a I mean you know, you know how baseball is baseball is so it's so such a streaky sport it's a sport of failure and uh, it's just uh, having that attitude of knowing that uh, when things are not going your way you just keep grinding and when and when things start going your way you just keep doing whatever you're doing and wait for the next uh, slump to come up because it's gonna come I mean right. he knows and everybody knows so so um, he's a level-headed kid we we always. Um, I've talked about uh, not being too excited when things are going very good and not being too frustrated when things are going very bad. So level-headed. That's the, that's the main thing. Sure thing. And, you know, I actually thought that he was a senior this year, but uh, is, I mean, as far as baseball goes, he's, he's just a junior, right? Yeah. COVID gave him another year. Uh, if he would want, if he would like to uh, keep playing, he, he, would, he could. Um I, I don't know what's uh, what he's thinking about. He loves playing. I mean, he loves Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. He's actually thinking even even after everything's over, probably staying here for for a few years and see what happens. He loves it here. He's a, he, I mean, you guys people here are so awesome and so friendly. Um, I, I, he's a, he's a, he's at home here. So. Uh, he could play the uh, next year. Uh, I, I don't know if that's something he would want to do. Is uh, is I don't know. These kids uh, when they 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 start getting uncomfortable around some, uh, younger kids, and they they being 24, 23, 24 years old. They, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's gonna be on in his heart if he wants to play. It's his heart heart is gonna make him play because he loves playing baseball. Is he? I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Right. 
<laughs> well, I hope that not only do we get to watch him the rest of this year, maybe one more year in Hattiesburg, and then, you know, heck, I hope I'll watch him for the next decade on TV. Uh, that would be fantastic. If that happens, I expect you to give me some tickets. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, man, look, I know you got your scorebook here. You keep up with all the scorebooks. That's something that's really cool. Um, so you keep up with, with, with you keep a, a book on every single game. And you've got just a stack of these at the house somewhere? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I just come here to the ball game and uh, get my $1 program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, yeah, it's a keepsake for me. I keep all the scores of the, of the games I've watched him play live. I, actually, I was uh, bummed because uh, when we when I made the I – dro- I drove to Tuscaloosa on Tuesday, and they got this digital, digital uh, media guides. Oh. They don't have the – the usual printed ones, so I, I couldn't keep that one. Uh, I, I, I won't have uh, that one anymore. I do, I do have one from Mississippi State. I have the ones from the regional at LSU, which was amazing. Right. Though that's that's right. the one of the. I want to put that that on the wall or yeah. something. <laughs> so yeah, I keep all of them. I have them at home. <laughs> Well, that is awesome. Um, so to the listeners out there, as we are recording right now, Southern Miss is still up four to one in the, uh, I guess still the bottom of the fifth here. Um, got something going, man. And I'm going to let you get back to it over there. Thanks so much mm-hmm. for taking the time. Um, any other final thoughts for the uh, Golden Eagle faithful out there? Oh, just, uh, just thank you guys for, for having Gabe here. He's, he's, it's been an amazing, uh, few years here and, uh, we hope it's, oh. uh, we keep it going. Um, it's flyable right field yeah yeah that was almost a bomb i thought we were about to have the horns go off in the middle of this call which would have been cool well man thanks again momo uh you're a great friend and uh, you know i hope we get to hang out at least one more year in hattiesburg and, and who knows after that man and if i ever find myself down in guatemala i'm coming by that uh that facility and just gonna wear my arm out yeah you, you we'll, we'll treat you good down there so come on down awesome in southern miss <laughs> to the top was Momo Montenegro. Uh, that's a family that loves their baseball. Yeah, you know, I didn't know a lot of those things. Um, you know, a lot of times when we're doing these interviews, you do all this prep work, and then while you're doing the interview, you realize it's just kind of like a conversation. You, you learn stuff along the way. So this one was just spur of the moment. You know, I remember I texted you during the game. I said, look, do you want me to get him or not? You said, yeah. So we did it, and I hate that it's taking this long, but special thanks to Jeremy Cooper for for converting this over to uh, to a file that we could actually use. So, but yeah, it, it was it was cool. It was it was neat to hear about um, his background and the work that he does with Gabe and and his uh, clinic that he has back there in Guatemala. And just what a just a, you talk about just a, a just a walking baseball dude, man. He um he lives and breathes it. You can tell Gabe's the same exact way. And, um, you know, thanks for him, too, for uh, giving us the time out there in the roost to, to do that interview. Well, since our last episode, it has been it definitely been an interesting week in Southern Miss basketball. So, um, you know, last week, as we said on the show, it was announced that Justin Johnson was entering the transfer portal, joining Denage Harris and Angel Smith. But uh, it was announced the other day that uh, Tyler Stevenson was also entering the portal. The Golden Eagles, arguably the best player on the team right now, the big man, come a long way the past few years, uh, just up and decided to enter the portal. So kind of a surprise to the fan base, but, uh, you know, definitely next man up. This is uh, this is something that, <clears throat> that um, 
it, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm having to choose my words wisely here because by, by no means do I want to, you know, bang on the kid for the choices that he made. I'm glad nobody, you know, uh, remembers like the decisions that I made <laughs> back when I was that age. But, um, you know, I'm a little bit hurt by this one. I mean, to my knowledge, we're the only program that gave, you know, Tyler a shot, period. Uh, earned, and he earned a scholarship and came on and could not have played any harder. We could not have marketed him any more than we did as a university. And, you know, to, to just kind of walk away right at the last minute, it, it shocked me. It absolutely shocked me that, that, Ty, that he would be the guy to do this. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I'm just a fan. You know, we don't go to these practices. We don't talk to the people and all that, but I'm just a little hurt and kind of um, a little shocked that that he would go this route. And I hate it for him. I, I hope that he goes wherever he goes, ends up like going to the NBA and making millions of dollars and whatever uh, and has the best life of all time. But for me personally, it, it's he loses a little bit of that. Um, this loses a little bit of that luster of of, of being a, like his legacy. Right. His sudden miss legacy. It's just tarnished a little bit um, in my eyes, but I don't know. I, I Like I said, I, I don't want to bang on him. I, I hate it. I, I, I would like to know the reasoning behind it, but I don't think we're ever probably going to get that. And, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> nice and, man up. You know, yeah. and he's definitely come a long way the past few years, and he's, he's definitely um, – it's been fun to watch him grow. Um, and, and each – case is is different but you think about the players who have transferred out from southern miss and really the only one and it was a very odd circumstance in the first place but kelgen blevins was the only one that really um you know it really ended up being a good move for him ultimately even though i know he went to what montana state but he was closer to his covenant cousin Mm -hmm. um and he ended up getting some time in the nba so you know, but you think about I think I always think about Lachey Page, who was supposed to be transferring out to move closer to home. He ended up going to South Carolina, but there was but Tim Floyd was trying to get in the door there for a bit at UTEP. But, you know, I remember Lachey watching our guys play. You know, it's one of those things like he could have made a difference on that team, even though that we would have you know had to forfeit the games later on. But that's it's neither here nor there. Um, it's been really tough for, for people who transfer out, you know, to really make some, unless they go into blues, that's really the path <laughs> that if you're going to do it, that's, that's what you need to do. Um, and, and two, you know, with this, so you've got four guys transferring out. So I think a lot of people after that were going, okay, is there something internal we don't know about? Because you've got three guys right there that were, you know, Stevenson, a solid starter. Johnson and and, and Denaje had been starters at different points last season. Um, all three certainly contributors. Uh, that's a big piece of the puzzle that's gone for next season. So you, you it kind of makes you wonder what the deal. I mean, I know there's there's different circumstances, different schools. There's some schools that are just it's like they're cleaning house. Um but a lot of people were kind of wondering in the middle of last week, okay, what's the what's the deal here? And we really don't know. And this is all fresh on even on the players, but you know the, the NCAA are the ones that have just opened up this Pandora's box, right? When when you say that people can leave and there's no penalty, you don't have to set out, um, you don't have to be a graduate transfer or anything like that. 
there's lots of people in this world that will come around and try to get in your head and tell you things that you want to hear. And um, if it's that easy to do, if all you have to do is just say, I want to, that's it, right? That's all you got to do. And a lot of these players are going to end up with no place to go, especially with the log jam created from the COVID situation uh, scholarship wise. But it's the grass is not always greener. And, and look, I'm a homer <laughs> beyond all homers. And I'm completely hurt by this move. Um, but I think the NCAA has a little bit of the blame, you know, uh, in this thing as well. So it, 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 I don't know. It is what it is right now. We've benefited a little bit by getting this dude from, um, uh, St. John's coming in, even, even though he's only a one year guy, but, uh, so I, I guess you can look at it both ways, but um, but I don't know. My last point on Tyler, it, it seems like we took him in when nobody else would. We developed him. We made him into. I mean, well, I say we. I mean, he put in all the work, but you know, Southern Miss was a part of allowing him to do that work and giving him the tools to be successful. And at the very last minute, he jumped ship, and I'm not. I'm. It's not okay with me. And I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. I mean, as far as like the NCAA goes, it I, I really feel bad for the I felt bad for the kids over the years who go to a program to have their coach up and leave them. I mean, the coaches can up and leave willy nilly, and um, you're just kind of stuck. Um, yeah, well, make that the rule. Coach is going to leave. You got to sit out of here. Whoever hires the coach, you got an interim for the very next season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would work out. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I don't know how you would make that work. But uh, yeah, it's 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 different now. But as with any other time in sports, you have to adapt. And so that being said, uh, things got a little brighter as the week went along, and it was announced that uh, we had our first signee, Rashad Bolden, a two-time member of the Clarion Ledger, Ledger Dandy Dozen. He's a three-time three-time State championship two-time. He was the title game MVP his senior year. He averaged 26.5 points per game, 4.4 rebounds per game, and 3.5 assists per game. Uh, Rashad Bolden out of St. Andrews. Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game MVP as well. Oh, that's right. That's right. So we'll take, I mean, so that's a, that's a good step forward. And then like Jason mentioned, we did receive a transfer from St. John's and I believe he actually has two years left to play. Uh, his name is Isaiah Moore, a 6'10, 205 pound forward. Like I said, came from St. John's, formerly of Pearl River Community College, where he played with current Golden Eagle, Tay Hardy. And they had a 28 and 0 season that was cut short due to COVID. Uh, during his time at St. John's, he averaged 9.2 points per game, 4.8 rebounds per game, and 17.3 minutes per game. He did start his career at the College of Char Charleston, but apparently built a solid relationship with Ladner during his time at Pearl River. You got to wonder about a guy a little bit that's transferred this many times. <laughs> you just mentioned three schools that he's been to, and he's about to go to his fourth. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I was talking with uh, our good buddy Heath the other day, and this is he is a um, this guy is a big who can run a little bit. He can um, play down low. He can he can also shoot the three. So he's big, long, and can shoot. Uh, and I don't know if you watched any of our games last year, but we could use some people that are bigger, longer, and can shoot it better. So that's good. And adding the Danny doesn't kid like you talked about. 
that's I don't know how many how many of those guys we've gotten in the past. I'm thinking back to Jeremy Wise. Um, was Gabe was Gabe Watson a Danny Dozen guy? Maybe. Uh, I, I can't, can't remember. remember. Maybe. Oh, uh, R, um, R.L. Horton. Forte. Jason Forte was. Mm-hmm. So we hadn't had many is the point. And um, it's great to get those guys, especially from the Jackson Metro up there. There's always some good basketball played in that and, neck of the woods. And Moore had some fun highlights. Um, but with him being 6'10", and this is what he's listed on at the, this, the, the um, St. John's website, 6'10", 205 pounds. That's not very thick at all. Take him to Lethus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm five ten, one eighty. So he's I've got he's got twenty five pounds on me and a whole foot. So uh, yeah, I weigh the same as him, and he's got yeah eight inches on me. Um, that's what she said. That's what she said. There you go, bam. <laughs> but the, there is some hope for next season. Hopefully, you know, with him already having the rapport with Tay Hardy. Uh, that can lead to something else. You're excited to have the young freshman in. And I don't think we're done either. There, This portal is jam-packed right now. And, uh, you know, particularly with Isaiah Moore, one thing I will say is it's almost – when I was talking about programs cleaning house or having the, a complete turnover, St. John's is one of those programs. They lost a lot. They had a lot of players leave. I don't know what the circumstances are over there. I believe their head coach is actually Mike Anderson. If you recall Mike Anderson from the old the seafood restaurant, yeah, from his seafood days and his time at uh, UAB slash um, Arkansas. Oh no, I'm thinking Mike Davis UAB. Um, crybaby Mike Davis. Yeah, I was getting kind of confused on that too because, but I know the guy you're talking about. He's kind of a uh, um, lighter skin guy, like maybe like a bald head, and Mike Davis was the younger guy who just straight up tried to like. Fight us like he tried to fight a fan one time at Reed Green Coliseum. Me? Yeah, he tried to fight Shane one time. What? That was yes. yes. Oh wow! Because I was there and I was there. I, I watched uh, Scott Carr kind of get in between y'all. I think if that was if it's the same situation I'm thinking about. Yeah, it was oh, Scott man, Scott Carr's uh, hair. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Awesome. Full circle. I don't, uh, poor Scott Carr. I don't think that uh, him and I have ever had an interaction at Southern Miss Sports that left me in a positive light. <laughs> Although, hey, su- uh, super guy, though. Super guy. Yeah, I'm sure he's very nice. But I, I just feel like if I look back to uh, my shining moments of, of just terribleness, uh, being super drunk and obnoxious at, at sporting events earlier in my life, uh, I think he had to deal with me most each and every time. What a what an angel that man is. <laughs> you, you speak of you, you speak of uh, telling stories. Of, so I just come back to Hattiesburg for that TCU game, the the infamous TCU game in 2003, and I remember you being on the front row with your with your yep. shirt on and everything. But I got blamed by someone in the administration for the that I was trying to um, get the goalpost torn down. Oh no, that was what. Look, there. <laughs> no, no, but a, do you do you know who tried to put that off on me? Was it him? No. Who? Richard Giannini. Oh. <laughs> oh, I almost said some some non-family friendly <laughs> words. Uh, Jamie, Jamie. I was just trying to get everybody to turn him. I was sitting, I was sitting there going like, we can't afford it. <laughs> we can't afford a new goalpost. <laughs> No. Um, man, it, that game was so much fun. Uh, that wasn't, I felt it was so worth sorry. 
it was for that it. poor little security guard that was standing in front of the student section yes. because me and my roommates and my friends, we were we uh, we had shirts made because, look, we thought about everybody else in this situation. Nobody wanted to see our bodies painted. So we actually had T-shirts made uh, to spell out. Uh, it was originally supposed to be TC who, but we we had too many people. So it ended up being TCU who question mark. Uh, which didn't work as well, but you, you can't leave a friend out in that situation. Uh, anyway, but what a hell of a game, but poor little, little security guard down on the field. You know, they're, they're told to keep the fans off the field and we're already sitting on the wall of the student mm-hmm. section. And, uh, there he's like, if you, you come, I'm going to mace you. I'm going to mace you. And I'm like, look, man, you may mace me and you may get me and it may suck, but I want you to turn around. And look over my shoulder because they're coming behind me and you don't have enough mace. And uh, probably 30 seconds after that, his boss walked over and was like, hey, you just need to get out of their way. They're coming. You're, you're not going to stop them. Yeah. I still have the uh, the ESPN banner uh, that was hanging on the student section wall in front of us uh, in, in my man cave here that I'm sitting in. Uh, there were they had the the camera. Uh, on like a boom and wheels in front of the student section that would fly up and down the sidelines because that was a Thursday night ESPN primetime game. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, they, they had the, the whole 18 crew out there and that guy uh, operating the camera. I've, uh, you know, I've already said how drunk I used to get off a of wild Turkey one Oh one and talk shit to everybody, but told the, camera operator i'm like i'm taking this banner home with me it's mine and he's like i don't care what you do with that cheap printed banner let me get this camera equipment out of here before you guys come over the wall and we're like yeah that's on you man when the clock hits zero we're coming over the wall he he got out of there and i got the banner some brief some brief nfl news this week the atlanta falcons falconed it up and they cut running back ito smith so um, I would imagine after the NFL draft the next few weeks, we'll probably figure out a, a destination for Ito. I don't think his plan days are close to being over. Shane, you we had a busy week in, in the Shane portion of the program, particularly with the soccer game the other night. Man, wasn't – I mean, look, uh, we, we could have asked for a better outcome and the, the fact that we would have taken down a top 25-ranked team in the semifinals of the conference tournament, but – what a battle that was. Uh, I, I know a lot of people tuned in because there was a lot of chatter on, on Twitter that night to watch the ladies, which goes to show, I feel like if, if they got better exposure, if they had more games on an ESPN plus platform, they'd have a pretty good following. I'm, I like, I mean, you know, I, I like the U S women's team. I, I watch a little bit of soccer. Uh, I would definitely catch some soccer matches if, if I could get them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, I mean, conference leadership, step up, get, get those ladies, get, get everything off a of crappy conference USA TV. The, and for the love of God, the Sun Belt has everything on ESPN Plus. Uh, get it on ESPN Plus where people can watch it. Uh, does it matter if you make five dollars a month from 23 people, if only those 23 people can see it? Uh, but I'll get off that rant. And we'll get back to sports, but it just drives me crazy. The, the lack of exposure, uh, you know, keeps a lot of these programs from growing. If, if it, it goes to show again that uh, enough people were excited about that match and watch that if, if those games were available, more people would tune in. 
But uh, yeah, the the ladies ended up falling to number 25 Rice in the semifinals of the Conference USA tournament. Went through both uh, extra time periods, full 110 minutes, ended up going to penalty kicks where the ladies fall to the Rice Owls. Uh, We had two ladies make the conference all tournament team, both of them sophomores. We got uh, I'm going to use her nickname. Uh, because, uh, again, this is uh, old hat by this point in time. I, I can't read. Uh, I can't pronounce things that aren't you know, very simple words. But Luba Shashuba and Madison Flamia, <laughs> uh, both named to the all-tournament team, uh, both sophomores. Uh, that brings the, the ladies' season to a close. Uh, overall record 7-3-1 and one, uh, and a 4-2 and two record in Conference USA play. Uh, is, uh, some some notes about the season that they just completed uh, best winning percentage in program history undefeated at home this year and uh, the highest RPA rank to in the season in program history at 56. So uh, it, it seems like, you know, the, the soccer program has been making steady progress. Uh, so hopefully we can keep that going. Soccer is a fun sport to watch. Uh, I'd, I'd definitely like to see the Lady Eagles do well and, and, and build a nice following there in Hattiesburg. Um, so the Lady Eagles season's over. Uh, moving on to track, which is just getting into the swing of things. Uh, track teams competed in Auburn, Alabama this past weekend. Uh, two school records were broken, the men's 4 by 400 meter and uh, Landon Chalden in the 400-meter hurdles broke school record as well. Uh, and on top of the two school records, 16 personal bests were set. Uh, we had two first-place uh, podium finishes. The When the men's 4x400 four team broke that school record, they also won that event. Uh, that's Chalden, Johnson, Evans, and Butler on that 4x400 four relay. And then Trey Johnson won the 400-meter. That is the fourth consecutive meet that Trey Johnson has won the 400 meters. I mean, the dude's just, uh, he's the flash. Uh, it doesn't matter the level of competition. It doesn't matter home or away. That man is winning the 400 meters. Uh, we also had a couple of second place finishers, uh, Landon Chalden, when he set his school record, uh, he placed second in the 400 meter hurdles in that event. And then, uh, you know, we're not going to go a week without mentioning our high jump guys. Eric Richards tied for second in the high jump. Uh, we had some third place finishers as well. The women's four by 100 relay team of Flagler, Green, Varnell and Benson, uh, were a third place finish. Corvell Todd tied for third place in the high jump. So there's our other high jumper and Patricia Johnson, uh, was third in the women's long jump. Uh, that was all the podium finishes for us uh, this past weekend. Next up, uh, they're actually off this weekend. And then May 1st and 2nd, they're back up in Starkville for the maroon and white invite. Um, that brings us to, through to track and on to softball. Uh, softball only had one game since we talked to you last. Uh, they fell to Mississippi State 2-3 to three in eight innings. Uh, that's two meetings against the Bulldogs this year and two very close extra inning losses for the Lady Eagles. It's, it's been uh, tough sledding against the Lady Bulldogs. Next up, uh, Wednesday evening, April 21st, the ladies are at Bama. And then uh, this weekend at UNT for uh, doubleheaders on Saturday or University of North Texas, sorry, uh, for doubleheaders on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Men's tennis. 
you know, last time Jamie and I talked, uh, the men's tennis social media person had disappeared and we were really worried. Um, I'm still worried about this person because (laughs) I'm not sure that they've reappeared. The only thing that has come from the men's tennis Twitter account since we last talked was a retweet of the Lady Eagles soccer victory over Florida Atlantic. So that could have been a a cross-platform. Somebody logged into the wrong account. I am really concerned about the men's tennis social media person. Please, somebody reach out to us. Let us know you're okay. I did find out from the website that we did end up losing that match to South Alabama 2-5. to So somebody is alive and updating, but our Twitter person is still missing. Um, the last two regular season matches for the men's tennis team, unfortunately, were canceled. Next up this weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina, for the Conference USA Tournament, April 23rd through the 25th. Uh, women's tennis in a similar boat. Uh, Saturday's match at UNO was canceled. So next up, starting Thursday uh, in Denton, Texas, the women's tennis team is playing Middle Tennessee State University in the conference tournament there as well. Uh, men's golf, last time we talked, the, the men were currently in the lead in the West Virginia Mountaineer Invitational. In the third round, they did fall to second place, uh, but finished sec- in second in that uh, tournament. Bryce Wilkinson was named the Conference USA Co-Player of the Week after an even par uh, score of 216 over the three rounds and finished second in that tournament. Next up is the Conference USA Championships in Texarkana, Arkansas. That'll be Monday, April 26th through the 29th. Uh, women's golf is currently playing in the Conference USA Championships. Uh, after second round, they're in fifth place uh, with Friend as the uh, leading scorer for the ladies golf team. Uh, she is tied at ninth at the Lake Javita golf and Com- golf and country club in beautiful Dade city, Florida. Uh, last but not least, uh, the beach volleyball team, uh, had a lot of matches since we've last talked, uh, April the 13th versus Southeastern Louisiana, they won five to zero, and then later on that same day beat University of New Orleans three to two. And then this past weekend at Gulf Shores Invitational, uh, they played number four Florida State on Saturday the 17th and fell zero to five, then fell on Sunday three matches. Uh, to Tulane, the first one was a one to four loss. Number seven TCU was a zero to five loss, and then another one to four loss to Tulane to finish out the day. Next up for the ladies is the Conference USA Championships, which will be this weekend, Friday, April 23rd through Sunday, April 25th in Huntsville, Alabama. So, uh, sounds like this will be the last busy week for uh, the, the, the non-revenue drawing sports, uh, a lot of Conference USA tournaments coming up this weekend and the beginning of next week. It looks like, uh, there for a little while we'll be down to, uh, baseball and, and track. Here's a fun tidbit that's always, this is always, uh, almost like a trivia question that we, that we all, we revisit every so often. So I'm looking at, and I, I do realize that Southern Miss does not have a men's soccer team and that's okay. 
we have to have a certain number of sports and all this that, and the other. That's fine. But I'm looking at the all-conference teams in soccer, and there are players from Marshall and Charlotte and FIU and FAU and Old Dominion and UAB. But there are two schools with teams on these all-conference teams, Conference USA soccer teams, all teams. There are two teams that are not like the others. Can you name these two teams? I think Kentucky one is Kentucky and South Carolina. South, yeah. Kentucky and South Carolina. That is correct. Always wild. Um, congratulations to the Wildcat, the Kentucky Wildcats on the uh, all-conference teams in Conference USA. Yeah, love it. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, it just means more, just not about it just soccer. Means, it just it means more, just not, yeah, not <laughs> soccer. <laughs> Um, also, another uh, non-Southern Miss-related tidbit, uh, you know, I've talked about Last for Life, the big, big comedy show, the big charity event we do every summer. Well, most every summer. We didn't do it last year. But uh, it's going to be July the 31st. That's a Friday here in Hattiesburg, likely at the Sanger Theater. But uh, the, the headliner this year is Nate Bargatze. Go check him out on Netflix. And uh, then the uh, opening act is Leanne Morgan. And um, your wife probably knows about her from Facebook. So it's going to be an amazing show. But tickets are going to go on sale Friday, May the 7th at 10 a.m. I fully anticipate there being a lot of demand for these tickets. So Mm -hmm. if you're planning on going, prepare yourself, set your calendar. Friday, May 7th, 10 a.m. Tickets are going on sale. Nate's a big draw, folks. Jump on those tickets. It's not going to be just Hattiesburg people wanting to get in that theater. Please remind me if you think about it. I know we're going to do these shows a lot between now. Well, not a lot between now and then, but at least a couple shows between now and then. And I do not want to forget. Uh, I think these tickets are going to go super quick, man. So, and you know, and Nate has a huge following, but I've had a lot of requests from um, the gals who want to see Leanne Morgan. So I think it's kind of one of those perfect storm things where. You've got two draws that draw two different crowds, and they're going to be competing to get these tickets. So, I mean, it's exciting. I'm, I love playing for a, you know, packed house. So hopefully we do have a packed house. Hopefully we do have um, uh, enough of a safety net to, to have a packed house by then. And uh, hopefully it's a great time. But yeah, May seventh, mark your calendars. I think we have jibber jabbered enough. Do you guys have anything before we shut it down? Uh, I have to give a few shout outs. So I know this is going long, but um, I have to give a few shout outs uh, from this last week. And number one goes to my wife, Katie, for all the jello shots that she made and helping me pack all the bags, uh, the swag bags for the golf tournament and just the setup and everything. That Talking that. noise to me during the auction. Yes. She, oh, she did do that, didn't she? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, special thanks to Will Taylor from uh, Glorybound uh, Euro uh, Company or Restaurant. And um, for supplying the $25 gift cards for our close to the hole and longest drive uh, competitions that we had during play. Um, a big thanks to John Smith for the Yingling beer that he provided. I'm actually drinking some of this beer right now. Uh, it is the – it's called Flight. Next generation of light beer, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, and 4.2% alcohol by volume. Um, it's one of those beers you can drink. Like, it's one of those beers that we really we really need during tailgate. We can just drink it like the entire day and always be doing something. Um, and it's not one of these high gravity deals that that Shane drinks all the time. Man, that's um, regular Yingling for me. Is just if you need to pound <laughs> yes. a beer, that or Modelo Especial is actually my jam. I drink an obscene amount of Modelo. Yes. 
Um, special thanks to Jim Cole uh, for supply that. I thought about those, those, those swag bags that we had. Most of the stuff that went into that uh, was from Jim. And uh, the rest of it was from our good buddy Chad Dickens uh, that he got from his liquor reps down there at the uh, store he operates. Um, special thanks to Roger Dickens for that bottle of Wellers that we were talking about. Um, that was that was above and beyond. Um, Ron Hickman and Richard Walsh from at Timberton Golf Club, they uh, like I said, they've been over backwards to help us out. Um, actually, uh, provided donuts that second day and and coffee for everybody, and and they kind of felt bad for the course being so sloppy and they couldn't do anything about it. But so at the very end of the tournament, he went and got an individual envelope and put each player's name, all 20 players' names, on their own little envelope on the outside. And it's uh, it's a free pass to come play another round at Timberton. Um, oh wow, man. that's awesome! Uh, yeah, free 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 greens fee. So so that was awesome. Um, he came and just hobnob with us. And you know what? That's another guy. Ron Hickman is a guy that we should probably interview at some point. He has officiated thirty um, something uh, USGA events like the U.S. Open, um, all these huge the PGA Championship, all these huge. Uh, um, uh, major tournaments um, yeah every time they announce his name they're like you know the official for this group of you know like whatever tiger woods and roy mcelroy is ron hickman out of timberton golf club in hattiesburg mississippi it's cool and he's a very interesting guy knows a lot and um i tell you okay real quick story um so chad asked ron he said hey why don't you take a look at this swing on my phone <laughs> and uh i want you to tell me your honest opinion and see if you can give me a tip or two so Ron uh, watches the video on the phone, and he looks up at Chad. And he looked up at Chad, and he goes, "Do you own a tennis racket?" <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> so uh, and then and then and then, and then so speaking of Chad, man, thanks for all that he did. I couldn't have done it without him. Uh, we pulled this damn thing off. I don't know how it happened, but we, we did great. Thanks for all the participants that that agreed to play in this tournament. And um and and that's about it. Oh, oh uh, Bluxy Shuckers. I saw earlier today the Bluxy Shuckers are back. Uh, they start their season off May the fourth, so can't wait for that to start back up. Yeah, I got to get down there for some kind of baseball in Bluxy. Mm-hmm. Shane, you good? Yeah, well, I mean, this is completely random, but uh, not so much. It's related to the the Shuckers being back in business. Uh, there's a North Carolina is a giant baseball state. There's countless uh, minor league teams and, and things like that around here, as well as East Carolina is having a phenomenal baseball season this year. Uh, North Carolina and NC State and Wake Forest usually have have good baseball. So it, I'm, I'm lucky to still be surrounded by really good baseball. But there's a new minor league team that has popped up, I believe, in the Greenville, North Carolina area called the Disco Turkeys. And their mascot <laughs> is, uh, um, oh man, what do you call those things? A turkey? Um, no, 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 no. The, <laughs> why am I drawing a blank for this? The whiskey is why. It's uh, the the big birds you see them at the zoo. Very colorful. Peacocks. Peacocks. Their mascot is a peacock, oh, but they okay. call them the disco turkeys. And uh, I'm gonna end up ordering can, a shirt or a hat. That. Their their gear is is pretty sweet. Uh, and, and your mascots that you're, you're called the disco turkeys, but it's a peacock um, and it's a peacock wearing like a leisure suit. 
Um, it, it's cool <laughs> stuff. But again, uh, the that's very whiskey fueled. But you mentioned minor league baseball, and that's the the coolest thing that I've seen uh, dealing with baseball lately that wasn't involving a golden eagle. From now, now on, when I go to the Hattiesburg Zoo and I see the peacocks walking around, that's damn sure going to be a disco turkey. A disco turkey? Yeah, man. I, I dig it. I don't think I had ever been exposed to that term before, and it took me seeing like the full logo for it to sink in. I'm like, oh, a disco turkey's a peacock. That's cool. <laughs> I, I'm down with this. Now I'm going to – that's all. That's what I'm going to think of when uh, – yeah, well, Don't finish that statement. We don't need to know. That's between you and Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember? Do you remember last year that um, there was a? Was it last year or the year before last? I can't remember, but it was a. There was a minor league baseball team with Fresno. The Fresno Grizzlies did a coming to America night, where they yes. wore Zamunda jerseys and they had all the concession stands were McDowell's, and <laughs> that was uh yeah that was amazing. Have both of you seen the the second? Coming I have to America. Yeah, I have not. What do you think about it, Jamie? I liked it. It was it was different from what I expected. Uh, you know, different definitely a different storyline. But uh, I thought it was good. That, like the ending was clutch. Like yeah. regardless of what you thought about the movie, the ending like made up made up for any. You know, anybody, well, if anybody I, was upset, it was made up for at the end. I wasn't upset at all. Coming to America, the original is my favorite movie ever. It's a comedy masterpiece. I mean, the 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 movie is great. I've seen the second one three times now. Uh, I I don't know how many times I've seen the first one, but man, that's an unbelievably funny movie. And uh, I was I was pleased with uh, with the sequel. Uh, after such a long hiatus, there were really high standards to live up to there, and uh, it, I don't feel like it let me down. Obviously, I've watched it more than once, but yeah, the ending really brought it home. And one of the one of the head writers, a Southern Miss grad, and David yep. Sheffield. Who has Absolutely. done Jim Cole's podcast? Yeah, so, so can, this is not a completely random sidetrack that we went down. This is this is absolutely has to do with Southern Miss. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed all the Southern Miss talk and all the sidetracks. We'll be back at it again next week. Hope you enjoyed it, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs>